Yeah! It's not me, it's him. That's my bad guy Otis impression. Oh, okay. That's the promo he cut in his big match tonight on SmackDown here on July 30th against Reginald fighting in a suit, Matt. I'm sweating bullets right now because we just sent out our live feed and I misspelled the title. So oh. the title of it is, Is AEW Is Competition for the WWE? <laughs> I'm scrambling right now. Going to YouTube, Facebook, and I'm going to run over to Twitch to update that. But goddamn, do I feel so stupid right now. Is AEW Is? Is it is. All right. Um, well, let's do it. Without further ado. Uh, Matt, everybody out there who can excuse a grammatical error, hello. Welcome to a laboring Matt of Jericho. Five nights of labor. I don't know. Jericho is in labor for five nights. A laboring conference calling. Matt, we're going to make a conference call interesting. Matt, we're going to be having a bossing around episode. Is that an allusion to a certain purple-haired superstar on SmackDown? You bet your bottom it is. Matt, we're going to talk CM Punk trolling. It's another episode of The Brothers, a discussion. We talk WWE's quarter two earnings call. More interesting than you would think, I promise. Which, when you hear earnings call, probably a pretty low bar for being interesting. But we found some interesting <laughs> points. We're going to talk AEW putting itself in a scary booking predicament where uh, they better get CM Punk. Uh, Matt, we're making uh, a point here. Cena is must-watch WWE TV and... I can't wait. I popped so hard on Wednesday night. The return of a WCW, a world championship wrestling legend, will be coming back for one night only, maybe, on AEW. I can't wait. Matt, for me, it's actually been a spicy week of wrestling. Um, I actually had a delicious vegetable curry, um, a dish that I thought was only possible in uh, the newest Pokemon Go, uh, because you can make uh, curry dishes for your little critters, and then they'll be even closer and more loving towards you. Matt, has it been an equally spicy week of wrestling for you? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I liked Wednesday, or I'm sorry, Tuesday night. I I don't remember what day what the days are anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I We went on a little vacation, and it uh, didn't go as planned, and thankfully we were only an hour away because we actually... Um, my daughter had such a rough time while we were in our Airbnb that we had to drive home and put her to bed so that she would actually get some sleep. And then we drove back to the Airbnb first thing the next morning to continue our vacation. So I, I had, um, it's not a vacation anymore. Like all those times, all the comedians we saw with the cliche jokes of, you know, once you have kids, it's not a vacation. Uh, it's just you're working, you know, you're you're babysitting your kids somewhere else. And um, yeah, that was my, that was it. My first experience. Wow. I think I got about three hours of sleep that night. Um, was driving uh, home uh, on the highway at like midnight. Wow. <sighs> and then we, we still wanted to enjoy the next day. So I had to get up early, pack the car. And get everybody back on the road, back to where the Airbnb was, so that we could go have fun the next day. Hey. I tried to. Um, man, that sounds horrible. It, you know, before we canceled Louis C.K., I always think finally of that time he told that story about vacation. Yeah. And his vacation was after he put the kids in the car, the walk around the the, the car back to his seat. <laughs> that was his vacation, where there was no screaming and he could just be by himself for five seconds. So. Right now, my wife and I, uh, we kind of, you know, without without it really ever being said, the person who gets time off is the person who gets to make dinner that night, and the other person has to watch both the kids while that happens. So whoever is fast enough to get to the HelloFresh uh, recipe card is the lucky one. Man, I would be wearing track shoes just to sprint <laughs> and do that. Uh, Matt, before hey, we Brandis. talk... Uh, who we got in there already? Hey, right. we missed him. We missed him on the Red Wings rant show at the start, so we, we gave him that special call out because I skipped over his comment. So uh, I couldn't. I had to jump in right now and say hi. Hey, happy SmackDown Friday, Brennan. So hope we're pronouncing that correctly. Let us know if we're butchering that. But Matt, uh, before we dive in, where can the beautiful people find us? 
find us at uh, bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Uh, our YouTube channel, also the Brothers of Discussion. Same thing over on Twitch uh, if you guys want to follow us there. Uh, Mike, I tried to do Resident Evil 7, as uh, I let everyone know a couple weeks ago. And uh, little did I know is that uh, you can't stream it on uh, PlayStation 5. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Basically, what happened was, you if anybody followed along on my live stream, you got a black screen. Uh, not, you couldn't see or hear anything going on in the game. But yeah. you could hear probably my son, who's a uh, newborn, uh, maybe sucking on his binky. Um, and that maybe that was probably it. So you just heard, like, you know, like you're watching, uh, you know. Uh, Sounds like a, a live action PT. If you just hear yeah. a baby screaming and sucking on something in the background. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people on Twitch who are fully aware that I could not stream that game. So there's probably nobody that has notifications set up for Resident <laughs> Evil 7 on the PlayStation 5. Just some sort of like what ASMR dumb... video? What's X. going on here? Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, last couple are uh, at BOD podcast on Twitter and at uh, Brothers of Discussion, Brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. Yeah, Alrighty. well, the A in uh, AEW stands for ASMR, so there we go. Hey, we had a we had a big meeting uh, for WWE, and you promised you and we were I to make this this quarter two earnings conference call interesting, Matt. All right, what do you got for us? Uh, no pressure. Well, yeah, I guess that's our topic of the show is uh, Vince McMahon uh, Heard of says him? point like you, you could comb through the notes. Uh, he does actually say they are not uh, competition. But uh, this this caller uh, who started the conversation. So in on this uh, quarter two conference call uh, brings up the AEW investments on the roster side. Uh, and, and that they're gaining viewership. Uh, you know, what What do you think about that, Vince? I'm assuming is what the guy said, because that's how uh, journalists work these days. Here's a yeah. statement. Um, comment on it, please. I, I don't have time to come up with a question. Vince says, well, it certainly is not a situation where rising tides, uh, because uh, that was when Ted Turner was coming after us with all the Time Warner's assets as well. Uh, that was a different situation. AEW is uh, where they are. I don't really know what their plans are. All I know is what our plans are. That's fine. Uh, but he continues and says, I don't consider them competition in the way I would consider WCW back in the day. Not anywhere near close to that. And I'm not so sure what their investments are as far as their talent is concerned. But perhaps we can give them some more. Zing. Right. Huh. So the big statement here is uh, he doesn't consider them to be WCW. That isn't to say that he won't consider them WCW later. Uh, but we also know what he did to WCW. So that's, I mean, that you could take that as many different ways as you'd like. But Mike, I, here's the thing. This is a company that since this show started and we've been discussing WWE, we've been making fun of the line that Stephanie McMahon had where, uh, had, where she said uh, they want to be the, the Disney uh, of, of their industry. Um, and we fought against that in so many different ways and have made fun of it. Uh, but that is their, that's their goal. That's their idea of themselves. That's what they want to be is have, all of these uh, smaller brands underneath them in regards to uh, these different pro wrestlers, the different shows that they have, mm -hmm. and they're all going to be earning revenue and generating revenue because of the way that they either interact with each other or they're so strong of brands themselves that can actually generate revenue as if they were their own business, even though everything's operating under the WWE, again, calling themselves uh, the, the Disney of the industry. I am pretty sure at this point, AEW is further away from making that claim than the WWE is. So to start this conversation off, I think it is fair to say that while AEW could certainly pass by WWE if they do not ever take them seriously, I think right now they're still a clear leader in regards to having your content viewed uh, globally. And right now there is 
a pro wrestling standard trying to be created in AEW and one that I think is selling a lot of tickets very quickly, like hotcakes. They're flying off the shelves, Mike, the AEW tickets. Uh, people want to see CM Punk in Chicago. In Chicago, a little um, uh, foreshadowing to some future topics we're going to discuss today. Um, but I don't, I don't think AEW. I mean, they'd be lying to themselves right now if they said globally we are as big as WWE right now. So, if Vince had said, "I'm keeping the," I, you know, I'm looking in the rearview mirror. I've got to keep an eye on them because who knows? You know, they could be a reckless driver, and that's what you just do as a, a, a safe driver yourself. You always keep, you know, you're keeping your wits about you. So Vince is in the lead right now. But I mean, it, it's almost irresponsible of him to, to try and, I don't know. He, I mean, really he's feeling the fire of these two fan uh, factions, if I may, uh, that fight all the time online uh, to have the discussion of whether or not AEW is true competition for WWE. I just think the word competition is so broad that, of course, AEW is competition for the WWE. Uh, that's where I'll, I'll land. Uh, the first, my first jump, if I may, uh, in my uh, exercise routine here uh, to steal from the Olympics uh, started with me saying, of course, WWE is in the lead. But also, of course, Mike, AEW is competition for the WWE. And as every new business uh, has to, they have to start somewhere and they need to grow. Um, but I mean, this conversation could go in so many different directions, including what is AEW's true mission? What do they want to do? Are they aiming to be the next WWE or are they aiming to be, you know, I, I can't, I don't know. I can't really put a finger on what, you know, are they just looking to own their area of pro wrestling, like they, they are, I would say, easily above impact already. So where do they go from there? And to go in a different direction would mean they start making decisions like the WWE and not necessarily, as some people might consider this, if I say Disney-fy yourself, um, I don't mean like make it kid-friendly, but uh, at some point they're going to be creating these brands like John Cena. Um, that they'd want to have under their umbrella that are going to make them a ton of money. And as I also have as a foreshadowing here for another show topic, uh, John Cena's must see TV. Um, so are they, are they going to be building those types of brands underneath, uh, like I said, their, their umbrella. Um, so yeah, again, so many different ways to take this competition. I think Vince is right in saying it's tough to put a finger on what their plan is right now uh, in, in regards to AEW, but, um, uh, yeah, which which uh, where do you want to grab this, Mike? There's uh, I gave you I a mean, turducken here, is, so you've uh, got plenty of animal parts to pick yeah. from. Uh, I mean, Vince is full of shit. This is just a pissing contest, and he doesn't want to admit that they are a competition. Are they a leading competitor? No. Can they be? Absolutely. Um, WWE has a massive head start on AEW, but like you just mentioned, AEW is quickly uh gaining ground um i i don't think it's much of an argument to say that they are you know the number two promotion um in the united states and we'll see how that goes as they you know uh, conquer the rest of the earth and keep building bridges and acquiring and borrowing talent from um you know the impacts from the ring of honors from the new japans um as they build this this spider web around the WWE um, with all the talent kind of rubbing shoulders and, you know, starting to wrestle um, each other and not having to worry so much about uh, brand loyalty. Right. But yeah, it, in a way Vince is right where, you know, WWE has such a, a huge, um, uh, you know, like global following um, as much as we rib them about Saudi, Ra the Saudi Arabian blood money or, you know, wrestling in India and in Japan uh, there, there aren't a lot of promotions that can just travel like that and, you know, sell out WrestleMania sized crowds. Um, it's, it's basically just WWE that could do that. It's, it's not that AEW can't, but they're not there yet. I think that the question for a quarter two, right. Um, how do you see AEW kind of coming up? It's, it's an answer. I think Vince could give right now. 
But man, if they actually bring home, if AEW actually brings home Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson and CM Punk, woo-wee, does that conversation get interesting? It gets even more interesting if they were able to pillage somebody like Charlotte, um, especially after they have, you know, signed um, her Andrade. Um, I think that would be the the one piece to really unlock this um, this feud to really, you know, make this a competition. I think that would make Vince, you know, shit his pants. But um, <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, I, it's, it's just a pissing contest. They don't, they don't want to admit that, you know, AEW is, is really doing well uh, for how young they are. Um, they, you know, are selling out pay-per-views. Um, they are getting people to not just pay $60 again to watch a pay-per-view. They're immediately selling out events um, you know, doing really well with their live shows. And I, I don't know if a lot of, I, I, I don't think I foresaw this uh, happening so quickly. Um, it's a hot ticket. I, I can't wait to go. Um, if we're, yeah, if way- we're able to, if we, if we're fast <laughs> enough to click, damn, I know. Right. <laughs> so do I, in a way, I think you can defend Vince, right? Because they're closer to being a Disney than AEW is. But if we change, the question, right, is AEW like a, a real wrestling competitor? Um, and with the with the smoke that they've acquired to the biggest names in you know modern wrestling history, Wednesday nights are about to be really, really good TV. Um, but uh, yeah, we got a couple of comments here. We got Andre coming in, our buddy from uh, Facebook. But uh, this is Andre's comment Vince should not take AEW lightly. Uh, Matt and I could not agree more with that, Andre. Um, Andre continues, Tony Khan's house of spot monkeys can smoke WWE if they underestimate AEW's potential to be a leader in the world of pro wrestling. AEW is putting out some decent programming, and the fans are loving every bit of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as, like, uh, the Disney Disneyfication, we'll make up a word, the Disneyfication. Yeah. That's WWE all the way. Whereas uh, we, we definitely saw some examples here as AEW brought in Nick Gage uh, for a cup of coffee. This is wrestling for people who love wrestling. Um, and if you saw that that death match, woo, which uh, really cracked me up because the, uh, the, uh, the writer for Bleacher Report gave it a D minus because he said, I don't like death matches. So he just bombed the grade. <laughs> But uh, it was a thrilling spectacle. And uh, the way that AEW has designed what you and I affectionately call the circus tents of pro wrestling, um, I think they're really doing a good job of, you know, giving you all sorts of different uh, flavors, depending on what you like um, in the wrestling ring. So, Vince, I know what you're getting at, but, yeah, just like Andre was saying, the competition's real. And I'm I'm pumped to see where this goes. I want to jump on what what Andre said too because um, one of the things that's clear is that uh, you know tastes evolve. Music, of course, is so different. Uh, comedy is different uh, than it was twenty years ago. Um, you know, and and you either evolve with it or you get left behind. And there's an audience in the WWE that likes what. Pro wrestling was, you know, um, in the '90s and the 2000s, and I think we're all fans of that. Uh, that that's not that's not entirely where I want that that spot to end or that um, that idea to end. I, I guess it's just one of those things where, if if as Andre put it, you know, the spot monkeys, if that's what pro wrestling is is to be moving into the next ten years, if that's what it's going to be, and um, that's what's going to be selling tickets, then. Of course, WWE's in trouble uh, because they have, like I say all the time. Now, I, I might not be a huge fan of the Spot Monkeys, um, but I, you know, it, it's it's something with me that uh, either I've got to learn to evolve or, or start to see the art in it, or I will be the, the fan who gets left behind because I, I just won't enjoy it anymore. So... That's, I mean, if we're going to be talking like the business, if we're going to be talking strictly, you know, making money on this, it has nothing to do at some point. It's going to have nothing to do with what you and I are fans of and what we like and what our tastes are. Um, It's just going to be, you know, what's going to bring in the ad sales. I mean, right now, Pep's 
Blue Ribbon is trying to get uh, Twitter or uh, social media press by by jumping on AEW and trying to become a sponsor for next week. Um, I'm sure there's more to that that I'm not aware of, uh, but I, I I don't I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, but they're checking off a list when Tony Khan follows them, when Adam Hangman Page follows them, uh, and that's like that's something that's not happening with the WWE right now. And uh, to continue the thought of whether or not, uh, you know, the, the, the spot fests become pro wrestling in the future, that might not be as true as this statement is that AEW is pretty fucking cool. And WWE has, you know, that idea in pop culture of what WWE stands for. Like, that's done. That's been defined. But AEW still has a chance to define themselves as cool as they've tried to get Shaq involved and um, the way that they get involved in like the video game industry. And they, they actually go pretty deep into we, we are nerds of, of different things and pro wrestling. So nerds, come with us. We are your sanctuary where, um, you know, and I think that actually at this point is more cool than what happens sometimes with with WWE programming and they try and stay away from the the idea that you know ner- you know this really is for nerds and they they maybe keep not not like a, there's not like a 6 foot metal pole or aluminum pole between them and nerds but it's definitely not the warm embrace that AEW brings to the table or at least the way they brand themselves that they're bringing that to the table so there's that too and, yeah. um, you know, like I said, if, if that's what the customer wants. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's a really good way to put it, because um, we, I think we mentioned it like a week or so ago that WWE is all about moments. So they're all about trying to get, you know, that big moment at Money in the Bank. You know, we get Biggie at the top of the ladder. Um, we get Nikki Ash having her, her big moment. Right. We get John Cena crashing a Roman Reigns celebration. But. When you just tune in to Monday Night Raw, it's not about moments. It's about that in between, right? Where they're just waiting till that, you know, SummerSlam. So they're just kind of treading water. Um, I think case in point is we had Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross, which I, that's a match I would love to watch. Like, I, I would love to see that main event. Um, I would love to just see those guys beat the crap out of each other. I Most Keith Lee matches keep me entertained because he's a you know, grizzly bear of a man with, you know, the um, agility of a mongoose. It's, it's, it's crazy. And somehow like WWE neuters those guys on purpose because they don't want to give away the big, like big cheese battle, right. Where they actually get 20 minutes to beat the hell out of each other. Um, So, I mean, WWE will have you tune in on Monday night raw to just basically watch two gladiators stand in the ring and not really do battle. So when I turn on AEW, I get that the spot monkey thing can get a little over the top. I'm looking at you, Young Bucks. Um, but when I tune in and I, I'm watching a guy with a with a pizza slicer cut open Jericho's head, um, I'm watching the Dark Order fight their asses off to try and overcome the elite who feels like they're you know just winning every single match, um, and a crowd is just dying for Johnny Hungy. Uh, you know, arguably maybe a top three or four most important member of the Dark Order. Um, and there, he's just doing every spot he can to try and overcome and make it feel like Wednesday night of oh, victory on a Wednesday night as a member of a somewhat Survivor Series style match against the Elite makes it feel like it matters. So, yeah, I I, I agree that sometimes the spot stuff can get a little, little over the top, but when you're wa- when you're trying to watch and get invested in the weekly programming and feel like these wins and losses matter and seeing guys put out all the stops that makes me feel like you know the victories that these guys are actually keeping track of them because they're <laughs> willing to destroy their bodies like Darby Allen's willing to kill himself for a victory uh, at at 8:23 on a Wednesday night so it's I, I I'm on I'm on board with this program Matt and I'm I'm really excited to see what AEW has in store. Uh, quick shout out. Uh, Nakamura's got another uh, new, I, I want to say costume, uh, his, his new ring attire. There we go. 
uh, it's looking pretty sweet as uh, Boogs plays him uh, to the ring. Um, yeah, I, I I figured the two of us weren't really going to clash on this idea. And I, I think you're right uh, to wrap this all up that a lot of this, uh, I mean, we go back to the old uh, notion of uh, any press is good press. So, I mean, what what just got the most press though is just this idea of AEW being WWE's competitor. So is Vince McMahon uh, saying that they're not competition? Is that ending this? Nope. I think all it did was, was make that idea that they are fighting, that they are rivals um, more real. I think it, and, and there's an, there was an opportunity for Vince to just, you know, laugh it off or say next question. But uh, like even in the transcript, he could not stop himself from talking about them. So yeah. um, that's that's the thing. And uh, if it got him squarely, if uh, reading me reading that transcript made you go, "Whoa, somebody uh, miswrote that transcript." Nope, those are Vince's exact words, and uh, he was going in circles himself because uh, clearly there's something there and uh, you got to go by the, the choice words and everything like that. And uh, Mike, what we're going to do is uh, keep moving. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing with AEW, we, we mentioned a moment ago, these uh, CM Punk rumors continue to swirl. Um, <laughs> I know you want to bring up Kenny Omega's dumb tweet, but whew, I'm just saying, let's, it looks like there actually is some, some fire to the smoke, right? It looks like it is. Right gonna happen probably in chicago the way they're booking this big show uh this big event but man if, if punk flakes out or something and this is not dry to ink on a page whoo this is gonna be uh exploding uh barbed wire death match all over again <laughs> this no. has to work out for them right Right. Like the way that they are the way that they're kind of hinting at it and the winks and the nods yeah. um and the way pro wrestling works now is that we all are fully aware of who's doing the surprise and whose contract is signed where. Like, very rarely do we get surprises like we did with uh, Malachi. And um, it'd be really hard to probably keep the CM Punk stuff hidden because everybody's going to be looking for it now. So there's there's one side of this where more than likely we're going to know what's up before the night even arrives. Um, but if we find out Mike and the night comes and we're like, wow, they actually kept it hidden and the show runs credits and we don't get CM Punk. <laughs> Woo! It's, I mean, that's yeah, that, that's going to be something where I, I hope that a lot of people have their eyes opened and they don't just say, wow, that they got me. Uh, I hope there's some anger because at this point it, it's a little too much for me for it not to be real. Um, do the, do the Kenny Omega tweets of, you know, what time is it? Um, you know, it's clobbering time. Like do, do that tweet because you know, punk is coming. But if you're doing that tweet just to get me to tune in to fucking rampage and he has nothing to do with AEW. Fuck that. Holy fucking shit. Fuck that. Um, the only way to save that, and I saw it uh, posted on um, uh, a kind of funny uh, wrestling group page on Facebook, but it was, you know, lights go go dark. Uh, you hear CM Punk's theme, um, and the fans go nuts. You know, you're in Chicago, and the music plays to completion. Fans are looking at each other. What's going on? And MJF walks out. And if that was, you know, the biggest F you to the fans, or maybe MJF walks out in CM Punk ring attire. That's the only way to save that at this point. And I hope, like, that's my, my number two. My, my hope is that Punk is headed to AEW. My number two is that if he's not, then please, God, uh, tease us and have MJF. Come out. Come out to cult of personality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you watched last night, uh, oof, man, did they uh, fan those flames? I don't know if you saw Darby Allen. He cut a promo backstage. Did you get to catch that? Uh, no, I did not. They uh, they just asked him about the the big event in Chicago, um, and he was just talking up AEW. What a you know place it is for uh, 
you know, the greatest wrestlers and especially a proving ground if you claim to be the best in the world. And that crowd exploded. <laughs> Man, this is this is going to be uh, unreal. I'm going to be calling and texting everybody I know to tune in because it's <laughs> it's just going to be electric. I can't wait. Like it's if it's real. Is it real? I don't know. I, yeah, it's so, me, right. Here's here's the board. Let, don't let have... Darby do that if it's not happening. Right. There's got to be right. There's got to be a fun way uh, to take this conversation because I think clearly we both want to see this happen. Um, <laughs> but I want to bring up the notion you brought up with Big E when he yeah. won the money in the bank, and I wanted him to cash in that same night. And of course, I I didn't get that 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 didn't come to fruition. Uh, and you said you don't want to give up two moments in one night. Yeah, Mike. Everybody feels Punk coming at the Chicago show for AEW Rampage, right? Do you hold on to Danielson, have him debut the same night, and completely overshadow the Punk stuff because this is a huge surprise. We didn't know we didn't know for sure Danielson was coming, or and, and that maybe they they feud because of that. Like, what a fun way to get them started! Don't have them both start and beat somebody in AEW, have them both start at the same time, feud at the same time, get the audience, you know, on board, get them watching AEW Dynamite because these two are going to be promoing, you know, back and forth with each other. And they also are not going to immediately bury AEW, you know, and uh, their, their young roster. What do you think? Uh, I'm putting that out there. Do you put do you do debut them both on the same night for the surprise that hopefully one throws off the crowd for the other, or are you hanging on because those are both going to be huge moments? You do do you go for the biggest? Are you trying to like completely outdo the Jericho debut as as this is the biggest thing to ever happen in pro wrestling because it's Punk and Danielson, yeah. or or do you get your two big moments on different nights? God, I, I, I almost. I should have put the hot. I, I gotta put the hot tag. Uh, brand the hot tag there. graphic out there, man. Oh, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> this is, uh, this is. These are waters. Uh, I don't, I don't think anyone's prepared for. I mean, this is gonna be a moment that you, you don't need a peep from the commentary team. And uh, this isn't even a rib at Jr., which we've been doing recently. This is something where they get these guys could just debut, and you could just let the crowd react because it's that big of a moment. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's so tough. Like, I want to be calling in like the great writers of our time, like call in God, you know, the Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, call in the Tarantinos. Like we need to book that. We don't, we can't fuck this up. This is going to be one of the historic moments in pro wrestling fans careers, like, or, uh, pro wrestling careers, pro wrestling fans. Uh, it feels like, like a career. Yeah. They're like a job. It feels like a work. <laughs> um, yeah, this is going to be up there with, the biggest moments, you know, like uh, it sucks that for me, I'm sorry, that two of the biggest moments I can think of are Hulk Hogan related, body slamming Andre the Giant. And it, I can say that because I was there. No, I can say that because if I reference it to other people, they know what I'm talking about. Or Hulk Hogan turning on WCW. Um, I guess Stone Cold existing. You know, it's like that kind of just, just big bang. You know, where the universe starts to expand after that. So <laughs> it's so tough because how are you going to have like one mega massive debut for Punk and then just try to do the next thing where people are like, all right, we saw that. Now where's Daniel? So it's almost like their first moment should be with each other where Punk comes out to a hero welcome and Daniel comes out and destroys him and goes heel um, and ruins, Ooh, you know, the. That uh, is the a good Punk question. Energy. That is a good question with which one of them, because they both do heal better. Uh, most, I mean, most pro wrestlers are better at heel. Um, but is one of them better at face, like to, to get over? Like, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you don't want one of their debuts to fizzle out. So is that is that the answer? Because there has to be something to doing the yes chance because there's there's no way that WWE is going to be able to stop that. You, you can't get yes chance, a chant, if, can you? What's that? You can't copyright a chant, can you? God, I hope not. Um, but right, you you get yes chance if if uh, Danielson is the face, 
and you get, you know, you just get classic CM yes. Punk if he's the heel. That's uh, in a much, much, much smaller degree, Matt. It's much like uh, Brian Cage fighting Ricky Starks a couple weeks ago. You know, one of the. <laughs> Let me get to my point because I, I prefaced it by much smaller. Much, much, much smaller. All right. Where they booked it for Ricky Starks to be the heel, right? And uh, the crowd was not having it. They were so excited for Ricky Starks to beat Brian Cage, who outweighs him by 100 pounds of muscle. Can I, so can I just say, yeah. in regards to much smaller, this is, you know, you said the big bang for one. This is, you you accidentally have too big a zipper rolling around in your dryer while your clothes are drying. I would say that's the equivalent of those the size of those two face heel categories. All right, uh, continue. No, I was just going to say, like, you got to, like, you got to try and, like, weigh the crowd reaction to Daniel Bryan turning coat on a company that, you know, helped make him a mega transcendent star outside of the world of professional wrestling. And you're going to try and turn him heel. Like, people are going to be so excited to see him. How heelish will he really get? You know what I mean? Right. Punk returning after seven years. And we've seen um, Cody. Uh, you know, Miro, Christian, uh, all these former WWE guys come back and, you know, cut these promos about, you know, I don't need the other company anymore. And now we have the man who basically started those promos. Yeah. You know, either the fake one with the, the pipe bomb or his, you know, his interviews with, you know, uh, the cult cabanas of the world and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Now it feels like we would have the poet who started the that kind of, uh, like thinking and speech writing and promo giving just when we're sick of ever hearing those promos ever again, <laughs> the artist, the creator has an opportunity to come out and cut one against like WWE or maybe against, uh, you know, um, one of WWE's biggest superstars in former superstars in Brian Danielson. So it's, this is something that I would definitely be bringing in like writing teams to just like, sit in a room and we got to fucking figure this out because <laughs> I want this to, to land. I want to stick this landing. I don't want it just be pretty cool. We could really make this something. So that, that is well, the challenge that signing those guys was the easy part at this point. The real challenge is okay. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is going to be fun. Cause I feel like this is going to be an ongoing conversation until we finally, see their debut and see everything happen. And then we'll just be talking about how they butchered it. <laughs> Hopefully not. All right. Um, do a Mike, couple quick I, hits here and then we'll do our festival I, friendship. A very fresh quick hit, Mike. Um, yeah. Nakamura, Biggie and Cesaro go over Apollo Cruz just now on, on SmackDown. I'm Andre's watching, by the way. I know he's a big Apollo fan. That... He's got TV10. Can, yeah, can we all punk? I just saw uh, one of our good buddies, uh, Mr. Warren Hayes, talking about, um, you know, you can't even get Apollo. WWE can't get Apollo over even while he's uh, Intercontinental Champion. I, I'm i still of, you know, the side of things where this is, fans are back. This is a time for, for Nakamura, Biggie, and Cesaro to have their moment to get the crowd on their feet. Um I mean, from what I saw, that was a huge pop. Nakamura got the win. And yeah. uh, what we did miss, because we're recording live right now, is uh, the entire crowd coming back and singing, you know, Nakamura's theme again. As, uh, you know, they, they definitely got away from when they changed Nakamura's theme, one of the biggest mistakes in pro wrestling history. Uh, but now that it's back, maybe that was the goal, was make us miss it so much that when it does come back, we're going to be thrilled. And... Uh, I mean, I, I think this is going with the hot hand. Um, is this not the right choice to put over Nakamura, Big E, and Cesaro over Apollo well, Crews right now? Who's yeah, so already champion? Somehow we need the entire 80-man roster to win and get over on the same night. It's really <laughs> right. hard to do. I... And uh, I'm sorry. If I, if, if I want to see Nakamura <laughs> and Boogs get over... And I want to see Big E get over. And I want to see Cesaro get over. And it's at Apollo's expense. Hey, I mean, it could be... That's a transaction I'm signing up for tonight. Yeah, I am it in. Could, 
it could be one of those things where you know we do we do Twitter wrong because we're always constantly trying to crack jokes, and there is the side of Twitter where if we just did a few more controversial tweets, we no. get the conversation going. So maybe that's could, maybe that's could, what Mr. Warren's could doing. Be, I don't. I, I, I don't I'd actually know. be pretty angry if I saw Nakamura go down. So it I, just I, feels like low hanging fruit, right? To say, yeah. wow, why isn't this guy getting a shot? I'll tell you why. Uh, Seth Rollins is out there with the loudest fucking suits I've ever seen in my life, uh, cutting more promos of a lifetime against Edge. He's going to fight Edge at SummerSlam, and we're all going to be glued to our TVs. Can Apollo Crews cut a promo like that? <laughs> I feel like he's had some chances. I haven't seen it yet, so... I'm sorry. There's only so many mega superstars, and is Apollo the same as Nakamura or Seth Rollins? No. So he's on TV. What do you want? <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with that take. By the way, I mean, that brings up another one too. Like how, how long until like Seth Rollins does get put back up on the pedestal that he belongs? Cause I know social media goes either hard one way or the other with Seth. And it's, it's because Seth thinks so highly of himself and he's so yeah. vocal about that, which is what irks people. And, and they just, they don't like the confidence when it's not their favorite wrestler doing it. Um, but God damn Seth is, he's never stopped. He's never slowed down from being one of the best in the business. For like, I don't know what, uh, seven, eight years now running. Yeah, they moved Jeez. him out of the main event, but he didn't stop being incredible at his job. I I can't wait. To, I actually want to go to the outlet mall and try and find some loud-ass suits so I can look like Seth Rollins. Like, I, I'm inspired. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's doing great work, and he's nowhere near being, like, the top of the card. He's going to fight 50-year-old Edge, and, uh, yeah, he'll probably have a hell of a feud and probably match of the night at SummerSlam. So... <laughs> Is yeah. that at again at Apollo's expense, kinda, but I, deservedly so. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike. You want to? Uh, you could pick the next quick hit. I keep throwing them out because we're oh, actually yeah, this is fun. Actually, recording during SmackDown, I, I kind of like this. Yeah, it's nothing too crazy. Uh, just John Cena being musty TV, and I, I've as far as like. You know, Punk and Brian going over to AEW. That is just Godzilla-sized news in the wrestling world. But it's also just great to have Cena back and just, you know, again, remind us over and over um, how he is a living legend um, on the microphone, uh, you know, with his charisma. And I, we'll see if he can still wrestle. My expectations are actually, they're not very high. And it's not, I'm not saying that he's a bad wrestler or anything like that but it's you know it's been a while we haven't really seen him uh go and if he's gonna go against roman reigns who hasn't had a bad pay-per-view match since i don't know maybe since moxley was employed and it wasn't bad it was just he wasn't like a focal point i he hasn't had i, I don't think he's ever had a bad one-on-one -on -one pay-per-view match i'm gonna go on a limb and say i don't think it's ever happened so I mean, Cena's got it's got some pretty lofty uh, expectations to you know rise up to, um, but he's been killing on the mic, Matt. And he you said he had a really good comeback to uh, Roman's missionary line last week, right? I mean, it was uh, it was a good line by Roman that uh, John Cena comes out doing the same thing night after night, and uh, you compared that, of course, to being that couple that heads into the bedroom and it is performing missionary night after night you know not not the most exciting thing in the world but cena of course first line of the night says hey you're doing missionary 15 years in a row you gotta be doing something right and i just like this the music his music was still playing like clearly this was something that uh i think he thought of off the cuff this wasn't one of the plans that they had going in for the promo tonight <laughs> uh but he still he still had a lot of fun talking about stone cold changing his character um d making Dwayne the tiny johnson um and talking about you know what he what he would have in his hand it got if he had some points but um it's just he he commands your attention he gets this uh, we've talked so many times about casting uh and we i i guess i'd bring it up all the time He's perfectly cast in the role of John Cena. Um, 
I nobody does that face character as good as as John. Um, and it's it's truly unique. It's truly John. Um, feel like I'm gonna turn this into like a Budweiser ad or something or a beer ad. Truly unique. Truly John. Truly Cena. I don't know, something something along those lines. But it it's I wanted to see it. I wanted to tune into SmackDown to make sure I saw the John Cena opening segment because that's, I don't know, maybe it's me feeling, I could say like, I wanted to feel like a kid again, but I was in my 20s when John <laughs> became a staple in my life. So I wanted to feel like a 20 year old again, Mike. I, I wanted to see John come out and rip his shirt off and, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, run another promo into Reigns. Um, yeah, this is getting dirty. All right. A big hug uh, to Drew McIntyre. Big oily hug. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, just a really quick hit here. Just want to mention it. Uh, WWE was making mention of Bianca hitting 100 days as a women's champ. And uh, yeah, it just feels pretty cool because uh, it's not short-lived. And uh, as much of a train wreck as it felt like uh, Rhea and her reign was with uh, you know that Charlotte angle, I think people are kind of relieved it's over. They do wish that... Uh, Maybe Nikki Ash's story was a little bit different, but uh, Bianca's really just, man, the crowd just really embraces her. Somehow she looks like they, she wears that belt really well. I don't think she's ever looked more beautiful. And she's literally glowing in the ring. Um, you know, apologies to Naomi. Uh, but uh, yeah, Bianca just, she looks great as that champion and doesn't feel like there's any reason for that to anytime soon um again apologies to maybe becky lynch when she comes back but we'll see uh but yeah we got to do our festival of friendship man we're getting close here to the end um i'm gonna say i oof i'm really jealous here moment number two but i think ah i think mine was ah i think mine was really top heavy i think i have to go first again this week so Uh, all right do Greg uh, nailed it. I completely forgot there's a drink called Truly, so that's probably <laughs> where my head was at. Let's uh, do Truly our, hard uh, seltzer. Our uh, festival of friendship here, because uh, AEW and NXT no longer on the same night, so now they're just friends, right? They're just the passing of the guard, the sun and the moon, you know. Uh, but we do the top three moments and throw in a dishonorable mention. Oh, Whee! no! But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first because mine. I think mine was really top heavy. Uh, yeah, I think mine was really top heavy. I'm fine um, with that. But I gotta say, moment number three, and it's it's a reminder of how fun it's gonna be when it actually happens. It's a reminder of how electric this crowd is gonna be. But I gotta say, Darby Allen referencing best in the world. I don't know if there's other. There, there probably is other guys who could have mentioned that, right? And it would have been like, oh, shit. But I just, to give Darby Allen that responsibility to make that little wink, wink, nod, nod, you know, to the crowd, I, I don't think they could have cast that any more perfectly um, that night. You know, I didn't need to hear MJF make it that, at this time. I don't need to hear, you know, my boy Jungle Boy at this time. I, I don't need to hear anybody from the inner circle mention it. I think Darby Allen doing it, add some authenticity because it, it feels like a challenge and it feels like a challenge people would want to see. Um, so cool little wink, wink, nod, nod moment there. Liked it a lot. And uh, it got a gargantuan pop. Matt, it wasn't even a wrestling match, but that's how big of an impact. I think his name was Chick Magnet Punk has on the wrestling world. Matt, your moment number three. Yeah, I'm, ch- I'm changing mine up right now because I, I realized that I was going to mix in my dishonorable mention into my number three pick. So it just doesn't make sense to do that, right? So it's not my number three anymore. My number three is Samoa Joe challenging Carrying uh, Cross officially. And this is just fun because this is, a, this is almost a pivot for Joe. Uh, we love when he gets angry. We love when he yells Wendy. This was a chance for Joe to be more <laughs> diplomatic. Um, 
And I, I like the idea that he's he's keeping true to his word with uh, with William Regal and, and being more diplomatic, or at least trying to. So in, instead of getting angry, instead of having Karrion Cross come to the ring, uh, Joe calmly, with a ton of sweat on <laughs> his face from the lights, uh, calmly uh, turned in his letter of resignation uh, for his, his management role, which uh, I'm forgetting what the job was called. It's fine because Joe also forgot in the promo because he just said my, <laughs> my role in management. Uh, but then uh, then he proposed uh, where, where Regal was ready to fire Karrion Cross. How about you let me take care of him? And there's so much violence like behind those words that uh, and, and to, to deliver it like the I guess the, the future violence or the, the future acts of violence we're going to get from Joe and it's just done in this nice, mild, again, diplomatic manner. I, I thought it was very impressive. And it, it got you really excited, even though, you know, it was just, it was it was meant to to kind of bring Joe, you know, end this relationship as that manager. And now when he walks off stage, now he's Samoa Joe again. But the brilliance of this, too, is that it allowed William Regal to really own, you know, like to, to be sort of um, animated he gets he got to be a little bit more aggressive and I think that's fun too like yeah it's basically Samoa Joe getting to be Samoa Joe again and Regal gets to you know let go of the leash like this that was his moment um was to be the one who who gave like the nod who gave the okay and uh, he had fun with it too so again a huge change of pace for what we normally see with Samoa Joe but it was it was a lot of fun Mike, uh, moment number two for AEW. I dig it. Moment number two, Matt, there's no way to not mention this match. It was the five-on-five elimination match. Um, I get geeked for Survivor Series from WWE every year, um, and and I'm rarely rewarded for my fandom of that pay-per-view. And I got to say, as far as some of my favorite moments go, and it included a uh, current AEW roster member, uh, it's Sting when he debuted and Dolph had to try and defend the WWE against the evil Seth Rollins and the boys. Um, And Sting came out to to bail out Dolph and the good guys. Matt, this was one of my favorite of recent memory Survivor Series matches ever um, in this Eliminator. It wasn't just that uh, the Dark Order came out and uh, looked really cohesive. Uh, they really looked like you know, like a formulated team. They got all their their double team moves were, were so concise, um, you know, and it it just barely they just barely weren't able to eliminate elite members because you know, the elites have a team too. Um, it wasn't just the elite, uh, you know, triumphing like they should. This is like the big bad guy faction of you know this promotion. It was also a reminder of how fucking fun wrestling can be when those motherfuckers came out <laughs> to the Tune Squad entrance, uh, and they badly dribbled basketballs. Uh, Omega dribbled one off his foot, and it was maybe the funniest shit I've seen all week. And when I opened up my Twitter feed, we all loved it, but it was just filled with <laughs> And as much as we give AEW grief, uh, for ruining some big moments. Again, looking at you, Barbed Wire Deathmatch. They have really like hit some home runs with their comedy, and this was one of their grand slams. It was hilarious, and then the match afterwards, it felt like both teams really wanted to win. He, um, Elite wants to continue their dominance, and the Dark Order wants to finally get one over on these evil bastards. Um, you know, everybody really got a showcase, but ultimately, of course... It came down to this crowd just drooling for the hangman to, you know, try and triumph over Kenny Omega. But the the numbers are just a little too much for him. And it was a hell of a story. And it took up, you know, the first 30 minutes of Dynamite. It was uh, outstanding television. Uh, This was an A-plus match for me. Matt, your moment number two. Uh, I'm gonna go with another promo, but uh, it was it, we kind of got a swerve. Uh, maybe I guess maybe the second swerve. Uh, and no swerve was not involved. Uh, but this was Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez uh, g- giving uh, some pretty some pretty tame uh, sauce. Like it, it was fine. Um, Raquel comes out and says, "I I 
beat everybody. I beat Zia Lee. Uh, and then uh, Dakota Kai takes over and says, hey, this is the most dominant performance that any NXT women's champion has ever had. Well, you know, those are big words. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, the promo's wrap it up. And we're just kind of like, okay, I guess we'll wait and see who's going to come out and fight. And um, Raquel goes to the top rope, starts celebrating. And, of course, this comes after my favorite line in, in NXT promos, at least just to something that I thought was going to be um, just some foreshadowing for weeks to come. But Dakota Kai says, as long as I have your back, you'll always be champion. And they're smiling at each other, looking eye to eye. And what a line that is. You know, that's Dakota saying, like, I did this for you. But instead of that kind of lingering and being a line that we come back to week after week, Dakota immediately <laughs> kicks Raquel's head off. And we are now in the, uh, I guess, the feud I've been dying to see. And I hope that we've been leading up to a Dakota Kai championship run, finally. And I, I as much as... I think you and I, we both said this is Raquel's time. You had to give her the title. Yeah. Um, this is also Raquel's time to lose. She's clearly still pretty clumsy. And, you know, even with Dakota backing her up, um, it didn't really get any, it didn't get more smooth as we rolled along here. The promo work still needs, you know, a little bit of juice added to it. So Give it to Dakota Kai. She's been waiting for such a long time. Uh, the last thing we need to figure out is who the face is and who the heel is because it was still a heelish promo from Raquel. So yeah. if Dakota Kai is kicking Raquel's head off, you'd think that would make her the face. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see where we go from here. The NXT crowd loved it. They popped. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Mike, your uh, dishonorable mention. Yeah, that was uh, that was just a really good double entendre. I like that a lot from Dakota, and I am uh, a card-carrying member of the Team Kick fan club, so I'm very excited to see her uh, come out on top, and uh, I can fill my drawers with even more wrestling t-shirts uh, when my Team Kick one uh, comes through. But man, dishonorable mention! Oh no, for AEW! I, I don't know. Maybe it's seeing Matt Hardy on TV. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that probably bummed me out the most. I mean, we got, um, I don't know. You know, you know how they treat my poor women's division. They got a cup of coffee, a cup of coffee, um, at about nine twenty, and Thunder Rosa came out. She did actually get a hero's welcome, even from our old buddy JR, who, uh, they mentioned quite a few times that she's a full, fully contract member of the AEW women's division. Pretty exciting news. Uh, but yeah, we did have to see Matt Hardy again. I, I don't need to ever see him on TV. I'm, it's over. It's okay. It was a good run. I'm, I'm ready to move on. But Matt, that's going to take me to my moment number one. It's controversial because of how, for me, I'm controversial for my own pick because of how much I love that five-on-five -five match. But it has to be the labors of Jericho. It has to be Nick Gage taking a pizza slicer to Jericho's skull Multiple times. You remember, Matt, when Hulk Hogan would kind of rear up his ear to get the crowd going? And yeah. you go to each side of the squared circle and get their reaction? Uh, Nick Gage does that, but with a pizza slicer to Jericho's head. So he went to each side of the four ropes and further skinned Jericho's head into a little slice of pizza pie. Um, my God, was this violent. Uh, we got to see... Uh, the old uh, four-year-old virgin bit, too, uh, where they brought out the old uh, fluorescent lights and beat the crap out of each other with them. Um, I, I thought they were going to wax each other's chests, but I guess they're pro wrestlers, so they're yeah, already good no, to go. There's no chest hair. Yeah. <coughs> uh, it's only going to work against Cesaro, man. Um, but they, uh, we got to see Jericho bust out a, um, a Hurricane Rana to put Nick Gage through the glass, some a sheet of glass uh, stacked between uh, two steel chairs. And it was a momentous spot because not only did it look like Nick Gage's back really, really took some damage. Um, not only did Chris Jericho eat a pile driver into a pile of glass, which I, I was a little scared of because I, I didn't know what to expect from Nick Gage. I didn't know if he was going to have a real death match. Uh, but when Gage's back crashed uh, through the, the, the glass, 
uh, shards of it and chunks of it went flying into the first row, uh, like a, a Shamu Sea World splash zone, and people were picking glass out of their hair. And it was a stunning visual on TV to see people going, "Oh my god!" and holding chunks of glass. Um, so it was uh, it was pretty crazy stuff. And like I mentioned earlier, it, it cracked me up for about ten minutes to see Bleacher Report's writer not be a fan of death matches and give it a D. <laughs> But this is moment number one because these five labors, they're not just going to be um, like it, it feels like we want to see the payoff, right, of Jericho versus MJF. But so it feels inevitable he's going to win. But the way they're putting these challenges together, um, it, it's it's really well done. Whoever Whoever's writing this portion, please take the reins of this punk and Brian debut because Matt, at the end... The other big event on my Twitter timeline, outside of the giggling for the Toon Squad entrance from the Elite, was the reveal meant that a man from Jericho's past is way, way long ago past, back in his WCW days, met Juventud Guerrero, the Juice himself, is coming back to fight Jericho for one night in the labors of Jericho. The way that this is booked is so fucking cool to me because one week after being in a match, you know, where we've, you know, seen Jericho like wrestle abroad and, you know, he's he's been in bloody skirmishes before. Now one of his labors, he's got to conquer a version of himself where he was, you know, like cruiserweight champion. He did run the, the cruiserweight division for WCW and now he's going to have to battle Juventud Guerrero here. Um, you know, in the back nine of his career, it's 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 really uh, well done storytelling, and this is easily for me moment number one. Yeah, there's something to be said too that this could all fall under like the main event, and we're not talking about the AEW Championship or the TNT Championship. Like, there's right. there's a lot to be said there that of, of how much time and effort they put into telling these stories uh, in different parts of the card. Um, Mike, my dishonorable mention is Champa and Thatcher going down again. Um, this is going to be my number three because Ridge Holland returned to help Pete Dunn and Oni Larkin, uh, win. And essentially they're building a larger faction. Um, and, uh, you know, Pat McAfee moved on to, uh, to SmackDown. So they, they needed to add someone and, uh, Ridge has definitely got talent and he's, he's going to look good when he's, you know, he's. He's fighting Thatcher and Champa, but um, I, I just don't get, you know, build, you know, creating one of my favorite tag teams in quite a while where, you know, you're just picking two random singles guys, but they told the story so well once they came together. Um, the mutual respect from them fighting each other is what made them, you know, a, a cohesive unit as a tag team. And uh, it's just, you know, it's another like, well, they fought well, but um Something got in the way, you know, and this time it was Ridge Holland. I, I just, I'm done with this. Uh, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, things that pro wrestling fans love to complain about. This is, this is another one for me. Uh, you know, it's, uh, the 50-50 the booking or the, the team that everybody loves didn't really lose. You know, they're still right there, but of course they're continuing to lose. So it seems like the only thing I've got right now is just to hope for a dusty classic win sometime next year. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it um but yeah uh, number one for me though for nxt this week is an easy pick um i'm actually at, at the time when i saw this was booked i couldn't believe that adam cole was gonna lose uh lose to bronson reed but I, i'm actually pretty stoked that adam cole won because uh, clearly bronson's moving on um and they still want to sell adam cole as like the main eventer so this is another one where uh, you're getting kind of mixed into uh, the middle of the card. So I'm still impressed uh, what they're doing here because this is all about Adam Cole is still the best on, you know, the NXT roster right up there with Karrion Cross kind of thing. Uh, but this also ends with Kyle O'Reilly coming out to let everybody know that NXT uh, TakeOver 36 is going to feature, hopefully, uh, the end of this uh, clash between these two. But uh, yeah, this is this is what it needed to get started again, and to kind of say like, all right, Adam Cole is Adam Cole still. Um, you know, Kyle O'Reilly has been winning his way uh, up and down the card, and here we go. But yeah, ultimately, this is a, this is a great match. Um, 
Bronson is headed out the door. Uh, so he absolutely should lose and lose clean um, as he did. And it uh, doesn't hurt, though, that he still put on a good show for us. So, uh, again, to kind of go against what I just said with uh, Thatcher and Champa losing, uh, they just lose too much. And I'm getting tired of it. Uh, but Bronson Reed, of course, had his runs. And uh, this this is definitely, uh, hey, you get a fun match with Adam Cole before you are completely <laughs> destroyed on the main roster. Um, so... <laughs> So yeah, uh, but that's my number one because I always like having a little bit of story wrapped into my my picks, and uh, this was a fantastic match and a good way to put Adam back on a pedestal and uh, get that uh, rivalry, uh, I guess, uh, get the fuel back in there. Um, well, that wraps us up, Mike, uh, for our festival of friendship. Uh, anything else we, we we need to go over? I think uh, we're all set. We just watched. Uh, uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair win a tag match, but then uh, Sasha just turned on Bianca. So I think we have our SummerSlam match uh, set to go. A little <laughs> boring, a little predictable, uh, yeah. but uh, I think we're all going to be okay with uh, you know Sasha versus Bianca two, especially yeah. once Becky comes out and challenges Sasha at the end of that match. Uh, yeah, kind of a weird build, but uh, okay. I mean, uh, you know. WWE is about moments, so you kind of mail it in in the between shows, and uh, we'll see you at uh, SummerSlam. So, there you go. <laughs> All right, uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Find us at BOD Podcast on Twitter at uh, Brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. If you are watching us on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button as this channel continues to grow. Uh, we'd like to... Um, Hey, let's not be bashful. We, we want to make some money so the show can have some more production to it. Maybe we can hire someone. Hey! Right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, go to our Anchor page, uh, anchor.fm. You can find the Brothers of Discussion. You can donate, and then maybe we'll send that money off to a, a, an intern who can help us tweet because we don't tweet anymore. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're having fun on YouTube and Twitch, so go check us out there. Um, and, uh, of course, anywhere that uh, you can find the podcast, um, subscribe and follow and on apple Podcasts, the uh, subscription and the rating and the review helps us a great deal so uh head on over there and do that and uh that'll help us out all right thanks everybody